all my dear readers and listeners, I have a new article published today in American Greatness. I've actually been writing a series of articles for American Greatness, uh, in addition to what I write for my Substack. So now you get both of those. Uh, the articles are a bit shorter and not quite as involved as my uh, longer essays. So anyway, I'd like to read it for you now. This article is called, They're Not After Me, They're After You. And by the way, interesting that I wrote this article right before they came after me on uh, Twitter and, and booted me out. So that's kind of uh, good timing. No one is standing in the gate to protect us from this growing tidal wave of hate. In December 2019, on the day the House Democrats voted to impeach him, President Trump tweeted, they're not after me, they're after you. I'm just in the way. To his critics, it was just another wild and crazy, over-the-top, fear-mongering, divisive, irresponsible, need I go on, tweet. But Trump was only reiterating what Hillary Clinton had already told the nation during her 2016 presidential campaign when she said that Donald Trump and his basket of deplorables were a threat to American democracy. Joe Biden's inaugural address fanned the flame of hatred ignited by Clinton, targeting half of the country as the enemy by declaring that the rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism was a looming threat the country must confront and defeat. Over the course of the ensuing months, shackling those who had stormed to the Capitol and committed an insurrection became indistinguishable from condemning those who were committing murder by questioning governmental COVID policies such as lockdowns, masking, and the mandated injection of millions with an experimental mRNA gene therapy concocted by greedy and corrupt drug companies. In an October 2021 CNN town hall meeting, Biden mocked vaccine skeptics with an exaggerated impersonation saying, I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. Through repeated use of such rhetoric, anti-vaxxers and the insurrectionists became one and the same. All the vitriol that had been heaped on Trump was turned on them. This led to Biden's sanctimonious and outrageous 2021 Christmas wish for the unvaccinated. We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for the unvaccinated, for themselves, their families, and the hospitals they'll soon overwhelm. Biden has yet to apologize for what he said, and he never will. By this point, the deplorables have been so demonized that they deserved death, and it was just too bad it hadn't happened. Articles such as this one in Wired pushed the narrative by comparing the people they describe as white nationalists to pathogens spread from host to host. Here are some highlights. Deplorables are strains, move like viruses, are highly contagious and replicate quickly and clumsily. They are like parasitic infections, like tapeworms. Their views are better described as a cancer because they are coming from within and homegrown. Of course, they warn of mutations. It is like a birth defect. White nationalism lives in every cell of the American project, not just in the low class and uneducated. It is also considered chimeric and a rare class of diseases where malignant cells can be transmitted between people. The problem is so rampant, it threatens the species with extinction. 
End of all those horrible quotes. Of course, in the time of COVID hysteria, the solution was obvious. All the places where the cancer resides must be identified, the article contended, addressing the vulnerabilities in the American immune system and cutting off the communication channels that serve as the bloodstream, e.g. social media, for white nationalism to further propagate, causing disseminated destruction. Further, the Biden administration has already outlined formal plans for improved surveillance of emerging infectious disease in response to COVID-19. A similar process to address domestic terrorism could just as easily be activated. Insurrectionists and anti-vaxxers were effectively thrown into the white nationalist deplorable pot. It didn't even matter if they were black. When Larry Elder dared to run against Gavin Newsom for California governor, he was tarred as the black face of white supremacy. In March 2021, Jen identified the disinformation dozen, 12 prominent people, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Dr. Joseph McCullough, who she said were responsible for 65% of anti-vaccine content circulating on major social media networking sites, according to an analysis of popular anti-vaccine content on Facebook and Twitter. Anti-vaccine doctor Simon Gold, both an emergency room doctor and Stanford-educated lawyer, was sentenced to prison this month for her part in the storming of the Capitol. As a founder of America's Frontline Doctors, a group, of cr- a group critical of the mRNA vaccines and an outspoken free speech advocate, she is being made an example of so that other doctors will think twice before daring to ask questions like she did. Maine doctor Meryl J. Nass had her medical license suspended and chillingly was ordered to submit to a psychological evaluation for dispensing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to COVID patients and for speaking publicly about it. Like Gold, Nass had a stellar reputation, as is evident from her bio. Quote, I have given six congressional testimonies and testified for legislatures in Maine, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, Alaska, Colorado, and New Brunswick, Canada on bioterrorism, Gulf War syndrome, and vaccine safety vaccine mandates. I have consulted for the World Bank, the Government Accountability Office, the Cuban Ministry of Health, and the U.S. Director of National Intelligence regarding the prevention, investigation, and mitigation of chemical and biological warfare and pandemics. I was the first person in the world to investigate an outbreak and prove it was due to biological warfare, publishing the results in 1992. End of quote. Canadian doctor Daniel Nagase was banned by Alberta Health Services from working in hospitals for the crime of treating patients with ivermectin. Nagase expressed that there is something malicious going on and urged people to see the bigger picture. As Nagasi said in an impassioned speech, we must remember the people of the past and the people of today. History repeats itself. Nuremberg will happen again. We must remember. Joe Rogan was raked over the coals by the press and forced to apologize for past use of racial language and for spreading misinformation because he dared to interview Dr. Robert Malone, one of the inventors of the nine original mRNA vaccine patents. You'd think the Biden administration would value Malone's expertise. Surely, as one of the world's most qualified individuals on the safety and efficacy of the mRNA vaccines, he should have been part of a team advising the government from the very beginning. 
Instead, he had no alternative but to share his views on a podcast that was then attacked for promoting mis- and disinformation and peddling alt-right propaganda. It isn't necessary to agree with any of these dissenting doctors to see the problem with canceling them. You may disagree with them, but also recognize they all deserve to be heard. How else can anyone make an informed conclusion? At least we can breathe a sigh of relief that the Senate failed to pass a domestic terrorism prevention bill, which, according to the Ron Paul Institute, would have taken cancel culture a step further and all but outlawed unpopular opinions. This act would empower intelligence, law enforcement, and even military wings of the American ruling class to crack down on individuals adhering to certain belief systems and ideologies. But that is only the beginning of the fight. In California, AB 2098 identifies doctors as among the most dangerous propagators of inaccurate information, and the Federation of State Medical Boards warns they risk losing their licenses. Republican State Senator Melissa Melendez criticized the bill. It's ironic the majority party will try to silence Joe Rogan or interfere with doctors and their patients, but won't reprimand their own governor for breaking his own rules. It's clear these bills illustrate the moral superiority they want to have over the common people who to them just don't get it. We know the majority party wants to control every aspect of your life and silence its doubters. It's measures like these that make that message abundantly clear. So what's next? Just as Trump warned, it's us. Parents are being slandered as domestic terrorists by the Biden administration for daring to speak out at public school board meetings against critical race theory, masking, and dosing their children with vaccines they don't need. In May, New York's Governor Kathy Hochul warned, The truth is the most serious threat we face as a nation is from within. It's not from the Russians. It's not from people elsewhere. It's white supremacism. It's white nationalism. And in case you are still missing the point, white supremacism and white nationalism, by their definition, is nothing more than political opinions that differ from those of the dominant left narrative they support. If we knew a little more about how communism worked, we'd understand immediately what her statement means. Perry Link, an emeritus professor of East Asian Studies at Princeton University who specializes in modern Chinese literature and Chinese language, recounts how Chinese writer Wu Zuliang <laughs> explained to him that, a f that to find truth in Communist Party pronouncements, you have to read them upside down. I love this quote. If a newspaper says the party has made great strides against corruption in Henan, then you know that corruption has recently been especially bad in Henan. If you read about the heroic rescue of eight miners somewhere, you can guess that a mine collapse might have killed hundreds who aren't mentioned. Read upside down, there is a sense in which the official press never lies. It cannot lie. It has to tell you what the party wants you to believe. And if you can figure out the party's motive, which always exists, then you have a sense of the truth. We can certainly apply this technique when we seek to figure out the conflicting messages they send our way. Whatever else you might think of Trump, he didn't talk upside down. When he said, they're not after me, they're after you, that was straight talk. No one is standing in the gate to protect us from this growing tidal wave of hate. It is up to us to protect ourselves and our children by speaking up before it is too late.
which is what I've done. Every one of us, let's speak up, speak loudly, and have our voices heard. Thank you for listening and for reading. God bless.